All right. Welcome back to a sort of more conventional Bon Voyage. We have a full crew again, finally. I'm Rob. I'm Adam. And I'm Jesse. Jesse, our <laughs> oldest fan and best friend, has finally joined us <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, yeah, for those listening, uh, Jesse is mine and well, my current coworker, Adam's former coworker. We've been working together all year, yeah. actually since last year. Yeah, Jess, you were our first fan. You listened to the first, what, five episodes, and we thought you were going to watch each movie and follow along with us, and you would be here for the last of the released movies. So what happened? <laughs> That's right. Well, I would I would describe myself as a super fan uh, that maybe got a little derailed after a while. You know, I... But I, I like to get to the heart of the show. I, I like to you know see all the behind the scenes uh, business and, and um, watch what really makes this thing tick uh, on a daily basis while we uh, shovel. Shovel dirt. What have you found? What, what makes it tick? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, argument seems to be uh, <laughs> a common thread between uh, between my two coworkers and best buddies here. You know, uh, yeah, I'll stick with that. Okay, that's, that's, that's good enough for me. Uh, well, we'll get this out of the way. All first time guests, we ask if they uh, have any Bond history. Were you a Bond fan prior to Bond Voyage? Have you seen any? No, um, not really. I. Growing up, I, I was aware of it, and you know, I've watched um, a few James Bond movies throughout my life, but I've never paid too much attention to it. You know, it was always just like, there's a fun old movie to watch. I will watch it and enjoy it and forget about it. So you, <laughs> is that the case with most movies you watch, though? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. What What's the type of movie that you do go to? I used to like comedies quite a bit. You know, I gravitate towards comedies. Hmm. I liked horror movies. I, I enjoy horror movies for probably the same reason that some people enjoy Bond movies is because I have like no expectation for them. You know, um, uh, you go into it without expectation and then if it's actually good, wow, that's you, exciting and surprising. Um, I, I thought you were going to say because there's a formula also. Like there's a formula. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a formula and mm -hmm. uh, as long as it sticks to it, but can still surprise you, that makes a really cool one. Yeah, it's like a you know, it's like a good pop song or a good um, country or a good song of any genre. It's it, it, if it follows the formula. So everything that's formulaic, you know, it, it's set out and um, has boxes to tick. But if it ticks those boxes in a really well thought out way and um, better than others, then it, it really stands out and uh, you get to enjoy. Or or it ticks the boxes, but maybe does one element differently or has some different angle to certain elements, but still ticks the boxes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Follows the format, but surprises you in a way that you're like, oh, that was actually good. I can't believe they right. didn't make it crappy this time. And you uh, you have gravitated towards uh, some B-horror B movies, right? You like some cheesy ones that just lean into the formula, even if they are kind of predictable and silly? Yeah, of course. Um, and this is a thing that Rob and I have talked about a lot, is that I don't like things that take themselves too seriously usually. So uh, yeah. like a light um, brain dead horror movie is uh, definitely not taking itself seriously. And that's great. Um, you know, I think things that can be enjoyed for entertainment sake alone, uh, you know, have, have value. 
At the same time, I know one of the big things Jesse and I have in common in terms of things we like to watch is we're both big Twin Peaks fans, which is uh, in maybe in some ways similar to a B horror movie, but in a lot of ways, very much the opposite of a B horror movie. I was going to say, I'm, I teed you up for that knowing how you would answer because this one that we're, I haven't even mentioned yet. I guess people who download this will see the title. We're doing a view to a kill, which is just perfect for everything well, you just said. There's only one left too, Rob. Yeah, like Very true. <laughs> it has to be this one. <laughs> this is my uh, favorite of the guilty pleasure bonds for sure. And uh, talk about a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. Like As you guys know, we're doing this remotely. Adam's in Poland. Jesse's at his place. I, I'm happy we're finally doing this, but this would have been so much fun to watch together. You two, I, mm-hmm. I'm i going to go out on a limb, and I don't want to put too, too much pressure on anybody, but I think you're going to enjoy this one. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I, I kind of wish that we did get a chance to all watch it together, but uh, this is the next mm-hmm. best thing, I suppose. Yeah. Watching it apart. <laughs> yes, together. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this in a part of my ramblings there on last week's episode. Uh Adam, you listened to it. Did I mention the Paris part? I think so. Yes, yeah, you did. So this takes place in Paris, and I was just in Paris. Exactly. So. A, a big chunk of this. Like, they're at the Eiffel Tower. There's there's a chase and stuff. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. <laughs> that is actually going to be really cool to recognize some of the, like, landmarks. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Wait he... a second. You moved? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> is that why you haven't been at work the past couple of weeks? What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm gone. I'm in Poland. Oh, wow. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. So we're recording this on, uh, just for context, because it's kind of important at this point. It's September 29th. So the premiere for No Time to Die was last night, right? So my Twitter is off. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying to Rob today that this is going to be like the most torturous nine days of his life where between (laughs) now and being able, having to avoid social media. Or maybe like the most beneficial ever. Maybe it'll be so therapeutic to finally turn this goddamn awful thing off. And the other torturous element is I could go see it tomorrow (laughs) if I wanted to. Yeah, way to rub it in. (laughs) Because it premieres tomorrow here. I did just find out that uh, I actually have next Friday. I have tickets for Friday night show. Uh, but it's released Thursday at midnight and I have next Friday off, it turns out. So I might do the midnight show as well and keep my tickets for Friday. <laughs> Double down. Yeah. Why the hell not? Um, so I haven't been spoiled yet, but I did see rave reviews. Basically. I just saw like Daniel Craig's last gets five star reviews or something like that. So that bodes well. Oh, and okay. our buddy Brett, friend of the podcast sent me a text like great news coming out of London, man. And I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. He, he asked me if uh, they make an emoji where the ears are covered. Yeah. I couldn't find it. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Yeah. It's exciting to, uh, you guys are at the end of your journey now. This is, this is it. And man, like this whole time we've been doing this and I've been hearing Rob just talk about bond, like, constantly because he does and we do this podcast uh but now with this new movie coming out like it everyone's talking about bond kind of <laughs> yeah and, and it's like wow i thought this i thought no one cared, like no one talks about this well you, you were <laughs> into it is. you were into it before it was cool yeah, yeah yeah i'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true hipster man. <laughs> yeah it was funny there was like three different like of the 15 things it lists or whatever that are trending on twitter it was three of them this morning 
like just bond and red carpet or whatever. Yeah. I mean, because of COVID and everything, there's, there hasn't been many very big openings and, Actually, whenever there's a Bond movie, they're so goddamn rare now. It usually is a pretty big media event. But yeah, this one, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was pretty huge and apparently very well received. So I think that bodes pretty well. I guess when you have um, when you have a series that has a legacy like that, there's a lot of expectation for the next one and, and for w- what it's going to be. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's got to be one of the biggest premieres out of the pandemic as well. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Because wasn't it, and I know this just because of um, my glorious, uh, you know, co-workers. Proximity. Co-hosts? Yeah. What? No, I'm not a host. What am I? The uh, It's been pushed back a number of times, right? All the listeners probably know this if they're listening to a James Bond podcast. But if, uh, Under its current iteration, it's been delayed, I think, four. But like when they first announced the title and stuff, it was going to be November 2019. And then, or even, yeah, 2019, when that uh, was still a different director tied to it at that point. Then it got pushed to Valentine's Day. Then it got pushed to around Easter, April, and then to November of 2020. And then the pandemic hit. No, and then it got delayed because of production issues to April of 2020. Then the pandemic, and it's been delayed three times since. So I think it's closer to six friggin' delays. Wow. That's a lot. Multiple delays, multiple directors, multiple rewrites casting issues, all of that typically adds up to a terrible movie. Almost always. So like the one that was one of the headlines I wrote, like, despite all of that, how did they manage to pull it off? And then it said, click here to read on because the Broccoli's <laughs> who were the producers, Jesse and Daniel Craig explain it all. And I'll, I bookmarked it. I'll read that later. <laughs> who are those dudes? Have they done anything familiar? The Broccoli's? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, every James Bond movie. No, it's just... Oh. Uh, oh, okay. So it was a family that started it. Uh, well, a, a man and his partner, not not his lover partner, but a business partner. <laughs> uh, his name was Albert R. Broccoli. Cubby Broccoli is who bought the rights to the first uh, few Bond novels to make the movies. His daughter inherited this company that he started called Everything or Nothing when he died in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. He just he died right before Goldeneye came out. And Barbara Broccoli, his daughter, has kept it going along with oh, her wow. business partner, Michael G. Wilson. Yeah, that's one of the uh, reasons I love this thing so much. It's unique in film that they've managed to keep it within a fit. Like it's everything else has been sold off to, you know, Fox or Disney or Sony or MGM or whatever it might be. They still own, well, they've, they've had to sell a lot of it away, but they have 51%. They have complete uh, creative rights. They decide who James Bond is. They hire the directors. They have all creative sway. They, they, yeah, they sold distribution rights and some of the marketing stuff and all of that. And a lot of the money comes from other places, but they still have creative control. Very cool. Yeah, I got to say, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's why, like, For sure. all the studios and the media, everybody was against Daniel Craig being Bond. And she just really liked him. And Michael G. Wilson was was a little reluctant. He, he doesn't say that now, but she she wanted him. And Daniel Craig didn't even want to do it, but she really wanted him. And yeah, had, like that's very unique for, to have that kind of power in that industry these days mm-hmm. with such a valuable product. Daniel Craig is the kind of like jacked up action star guy. <laughs> yeah, current James Bond. Right. 
Right. Okay. Oh, he's actually a detective in that Knives Out movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. He got jacked for the role. He wasn't okay. always that mm-hmm. big, and he was always a second lead. He was never like an, uh, a lead man. She just saw him as a lead man. And I think I just watched this little doc about called Being James Bond uh, about his tenure as Bond, and she liked him in uh, like some made for HBO movie about queen elizabeth where he was just a guy and he's strutting through a, a throne room and she's like god damn look at that strut that that right there is a leading man <laughs> yeah 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 that's bond that's how i want to be discovered <laughs> just walking for my any, strut yeah. so yeah uh, any of the old ones even like craig's second one quantum had a lot of build-up because any any bond movie it's a really big release but this one the last movie wasn't a very big hit critically uh, plus it's Daniel Craig's last, plus it's COVID, plus all the delays. Like this is a really, really big release. It had to go well. Hmm. Was he the guy that, um, I only vaguely remember the first five films that I followed along with for the podcast, but was Daniel Craig, was that the guy where he died in like a poker game or he, he drank some poison or something like that and then was revived. Casino Royale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's that, is that guy. That's the first. Yeah. That's, that's the origin right. one. Yeah. yeah. And he's like broody and like, yes, quite sinister. closed off or whatever. At least in the first few. Yeah. He kind of oh, okay. comes out of his shell yeah. throughout his tenure. But the one we're watching today is not Daniel Craig. No. Oh. It's Roger right. Moore. It's Roggie's last. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and you haven't seen a Roger Moore one, right? Because you watched. Didn't you watch Live and Let Die? Casino. You watched Casino, Quantum, Tomorrow Never Dies, Goldfinger, Goldfinger, and Doctor No. No, he didn't do Doctor No. The one that I stopped at, and I stopped because I didn't think it could be topped. I thought that I would like end on a high note. That's it right. Was, it was Live and Let it, Die. It was that one that was named after that Guns N' Roses song. <laughs> oh, you fucking guy! <laughs> and but it was covered by like some weird band. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was I can't excellent. tell if you're fucking with me or not. Oh, oh he is. <laughs> oh, he is. Okay, good. If you could see his face, just total straight. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. That was a wonderful movie. So is this? That's this is the oh, same dude. I mean, there was yeah. there was witchery. There was zombies. There was like some yeah. excellent American cars. It was. I could go on uh, about the beauty of that movie. That was Roger Moore's first. This is his last. So you're getting the bookends. That's good. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I'm there's a lot of garbage in between. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you said earlier today that uh, he's an old man in this movie, or he's like pushing the boundaries of age, or something. Oh like my god, he's been too that's old. Part, so that's part of our chronology. Yeah, that he's very old in this, right? Okay. Right. Like in the actual storyline it doesn't make as much sense for this chronology that we've built like it, we should have ended at specter which was craig's last one but there's no place to put in a view to a kill because he's so goddamn old it had to be the last one <laughs> like he should have stopped probably at uh for your eyes only and he did two more after that like he was looking old in that then he did octopussy and then this one but octopussy was so good he just had to do that you know <sighs> Yeah. See, I don't know why I'm so hard on that one, but I love, I adore this one. Mm-hmm. He just, he doesn't dress as a clown or a gorilla or do the Tarzan scream. So. <laughs> well, then why are we even watching it? That's a good question. <laughs> so we're, we're all of this guy's, um, this guy's named Roger Moore. That's, that's the name of the, yes. the bond. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all of them kind of, I don't want to say 
Live and Let Die was campy because it was excellent. You can say it. But it was were, were they all... Yeah. Uh, were all of his films kind of that to, to varying degrees like there were some more kind of serious toned ones but mm-hmm. there's definitely some pretty darn campy ones there's only two that you could say are mostly grounded out of seven which is for your eyes only and spy who loved me right no i would say man with a golden gun spy who loved me is pretty outrageous that, it's man just with a golden gun it's like spooky circus mirrors and like Ooh. yeah it's yeah. like in that one place but it's not absurd like he doesn't do anything too crazy in it like the plot didn't make a lot of sense at some points and it needed a rewrite. I didn't know why there was so much Kung Fu. In I don't it, know. But. That had the <laughs> good night, like hit the space or not the yeah, not space laser, but sun laser yeah. with her butt. That one was silly, man. I don't yeah, know. no, I agree. I just think it's less silly than the rest of them. And Spy Love Me is just actually, you might be right. That one might be more grounded. I often, because it's, mm. it's such a cliche Bond movie and it's very big. It's a huge plot with, uh, you know, there's nukes involved and all that. The man with the golden gun is just a small sure. thing with a Russian gadget and an assassin. Like it's a, it's a lower stakes bond is why I always feel like it's a bit more grounded. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're similar, but with different uh, angles to, to it. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, most of Roger Moore's are quite campy. Like the moon, Moonraker going to space crap and Octopus is very silly. And yeah, this one, I guess. Live and let die with a bunch of boat chases. <laughs> That comes back to the whole, like, not taking things too seriously. Like, I think if I was to assume what I'm going to gravitate towards with the Bond movies, it's it's that type of movie. Yeah, you don't like a, like a movie that does take itself seriously and does it really well and is innovative and does interesting, like, stunts and shoots at uh, cool locations and all that. Like, I can really dig it. But you don't really like anything that you're, you're kind of anti-tryhard yeah and now i feel like i sound like some sort of asshole like i just well, because something are, but that's serious okay. doesn't <laughs> yeah well uh, yeah but they don't know that <laughs> dear listeners but yeah you know just because something is is seriously toned that doesn't mean it's bad necessarily it's just uh i feel like that's a harder that's a harder target to hit you you're know? right and bond only did like three times mm-hmm. okay in my opinion like, skyfall but Skyfall even isn't its most serious. It's just the best one because it also has some camp and typical Bond formula stuff. But like from Russia with Love or License to Kill, Casino no. Royale, <laughs> I think, is definitely more serious and is very, mm-hmm. very good. Oh, Majesty. Even Majesties yeah. is pretty campy and silly. He, what do you call it? Hypnotizes a bunch of ladies and sends them off to poison the world. And oh, yeah. They're I allergic to that. chickens and stuff. Like it's really silly. Well- <laughs> It cir- circles back to there's a formula, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's if if it doesn't if it's not campy at all, is it even really a Bond movie at that point, right? Right. Good question. So the other difference with this recording is that uh, for the first time, I just watched this before the intro. You guys are going to go watch it tonight. Just with the timing, it didn't. I can't watch it tonight, and we're going to record the episode tomorrow. So I've been very good to not spoil it on you. Besides saying I think you're going to like it, but I'm gonna. I took a bit more notes than I normally would just so I remember, but I'm going to let you guys lead this anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You have to do the, or actually Jesse, you have to do yes. the summary yeah. for us. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to be concise. I, I'll try to keep it to like three loose leaf pages. Did we uh, give you points or whatever to follow along with? Or do you, Sorry? Or you just, no, like you, I don't you think get, so. take, take yes. a few notes while you're watching it about, you know, the locations and the ladies and, how cool you think Bond is. Just stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. planning on doing The that. usual, yeah. We used to have, like, for guests, we would have actual, like, points or whatever to... Like, we, I would have a printout yeah. 
for you like to an outline sheet. Yeah, but it's not necessary. We don't really follow that anymore anyway. Yeah, I've got a question. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. So one one thing that was like being be, being teased in the first couple episodes was like, what's Rob's favorite James Bond movie? Has that been uh, explained yet? Has that been told? That has been revealed, and it revealed. was That's the word. That It was Skyfall. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it was going into this Skyfall, and Skyfall remains my favorite. Okay, a bunch okay. of the the rest of my list has changed a lot through this watch. Yeah, like my my, that. my ranking pre Bond Voyage, and I just did it again the other day, and a lot of it has changed. Especially the bottom half has shifted a lot. Hmm. Yeah, I've been uh, started thinking about my own ranking, and I'm very excited to do that. I'm yeah, we're definitely going to have to do that on the show. Mm-hmm. Can you guys remember them all as, or uh, Rob, you probably can because you've seen them all a dozen times or whatever, but Adam, can you remember them I all could. as like singular events or it, does it all blur together after a so while? So the, the main things I mix up, there are things I mix up. I mix up For Your Eyes Only and Spy Who Loved Me because we did them week after week and just where I was and I was overwhelmed with Roger Moore or something at that point. Fair enough. Uh, and then I kind of mix up the Brosnans because we did three of them in a row too. But I, I then I can keep it a little more straight, yeah. But other than that, I can remember each one individually. I'd say, generally, that's good. Not like what stunt was where or something. But <laughs> as any fan who's been listening this whole time knows, I could give you a very long-winded summary of each one off the cuff right now if you wanted. We're, but nobody, nobody wants that. <laughs> that's okay. I think yeah, we're yeah. strapped for the time. bonus content. No one wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is already <laughs> running uh, long for an intro. Um, yeah, that's true. So 1985, Roger Moore's last Christopher Walken is the villain. And I've Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I'm excited for that. Grace Jones is the hench person. It's It's uh, by default. Yeah. Oh, and he's so good. He's man. I want to rank everything. I want to rank villains. I want to rank the ladies, the bonds, the plots, and just the movies themselves. This guy is high up there for villains. Max Zorin. He's this shit. That's pretty cool. He must be a young man at that point. I was at my, um, just a little quick story. I was at my parents' place uh, a few months ago, and they have um, cable, and there was an old Batman movie on cable. Batman Returns. uh, I was like, I I recognize that guy. Who's that guy? Yeah, man. And it was Christopher Walken, but he he looked completely different. It was just the eyes. The eyes were the only way I could see it. But as a young man, the guy looked completely different. His name in that is Max as well. Oh, wow. That's the coincidence. That that was five or six years after. I think that's 91. And this was He's like a little baby kid in this one. Well, he still just looks like Chris Walken, (laughs) in my opinion. A little baby (laughs) supervillain. He's nuts. I can't wait to uh, to hear what you guys have to say about it. I'm pretty excited. I'm excited to watch it. Right on. Well, should we go do that? Let's, let's go do it. Let's watch it right now. All right, guys. Well, we'll be right back. Enjoy. Hey, hey. Just so I can tell my friends, what's the what's the call sign for this radio station again? <laughs> uh, well, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 007 Bon Voyage. Did you actually just remember for us to do our plugs? Thanks, buddy. You got it. <laughs> Good job. All right, All right, we'll be back. See ya.
Okay, we're <laughs> uh, and we're back. Twenty four hours later. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I'm good. That's good. Uh, Jess, we didn't tell you, um, and mm-hmm. you stopped listening a few months ago. So what we usually do is just and lucky for you, you just finished it. So uh, what we mm-hmm. usually do, like one or two sentences, first thoughts. How you feeling? What mood did you get out of this adventure? Oh, it was good. Yeah, um, it was fun. Fun sounds like a good word. Okay, Adam. Um, yeah, yeah. If I can go with fun, that's a that's a word. Hmm. Not the reaction I anticipated <laughs> or was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's still my favorite guilty pleasure bond. Is it your favorite Roger Moore? I I can't quite say that, but it's the second favorite. It it's the like on my latest ranking, it's the second highest Roger Moore. First being uh, for your eyes only. Okay. Okay. And and how many did he do? Five, six, seven, seven. seven. A lot. Too many. Three too many, roughly. But save one second best for last. So elaborate a bit more then, Adam. I, well, we've talked a bunch about this on the podcast, and we've talked about how we talk about a bunch about it, and I've just (laughs) talked about that again. Um, But the context changes so much for this. Like, uh, before we would watch it together, or I would watch it alone, but I was still hanging out with Rob every day, even if I watched it alone. And now I've been a week, you know, apart from Rob and I'm just, I watched it, uh, you know, my partner was watched the first bit of it with me and then fell asleep. <laughs> so I was like watching it alone, like late at night on the couch in Poland <laughs> or whatever, like just feels so different watching this movie after midnight in this context. Falling asleep. A- yeah. After midnight. And at this point it feels like we've kind of done the, <sighs> the, what's the word? All uh, of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like we've done our what's our our chronology. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it, it feels like we've already done our chronology, and this is just like one that we skipped. <laughs> I do a little now. bit regret throwing this one in at the end because I feel like we're not going to do it justice. Even in our intro last night, we mostly talked about No Time to Die and Daniel Craig, mm-hmm. and I mean, whatever. We might. Who knows what the future of the podcast is? We might do it more uh, credit next time around. But if we don't talk about the movie too much that's fine anybody who has stuck with us it's not like we're the three of us aren't gonna have anything to talk about would this have yeah. fit in chronologically somewhere in the middle or something like what would it where would it be if it was to be placed in its place we so this is uh the evil industrialist model villain rather than mm-hmm. like a big geopolitical thing this is like uh a, a well he sort of was related to the kgb but he uh, obviously severed ties with them or whatever. So this fits more in the Goldfinger, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies vein of it. Yeah, I would have put it in with the, associated it with the Brosnans a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, where they're, where he's just fighting one big baddie. It's not against right. Russia, really. I know Russia was sort of involved and we got, were you happy to see General Gogol again? Yeah, that was a nice callback. He's been touch. scattered throughout our our stuff, yeah. The Rajis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess in my mind when I was picturing it, it it was kind of a joke that only lasts Yeah. Like that joke is funny for 30 seconds when you tell it that he's so old, that's why it's at the end. Mm-hmm. But then it's not worth it because it's jarring in between you go skyfall specter view to a kill then this new one which we see is getting these ridiculous reviews 
<laughs> How old was he in this movie? 57, I think. Okay. He looks older than he actually... Interesting. Yeah, he looks older than that. Yeah, he's only a couple years older than Craig is now. <laughs> he, uh, I find him in this... Is a, it's a bit of an uncanny valley sometimes where he he's had to like, I don't know if it's just makeup or if he's had some kind of work done, but he looks also younger while looking older sometimes. <laughs> Did you notice his mole was gone? Yeah, he had a facelift. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just looks different and weird in this one. Mm-hmm. Plasticky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever discussed this. Speaking of his age, he's older than Sean Connery. He took over the role two years older than Sean Connery. He was like 43 or 45, I think, when he started, hmm. which is pretty weird, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's just get into it. Yeah. Should we do the summary right quick? Oh, yeah. Go Jesse? for it, Jesse. Okay. Quick summary of this movie. Um, what do I have here? I made notes. This is possibly the first time I made, mm. made notes for anything in, I don't know, 20 years or something. Good for but, you, uh, buddy. Good for you. It seems to, I remember how to use a pen, apparently. Um, <laughs> Crazy. I know. Can you imagine it? What do we got here? We have horses, microchips, betrayal, a delightful romp. That's my summary. Perfect. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if anybody listening hasn't seen the movie, they get the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty that's much. really the high points. Horses. That's funny. Whenever I talk about this one, like... Uh, to Heather, she says, oh yeah, the one with the horses. Oh, it was a big part in the beginning. Yeah, but it's not that big a part. It has nothing really to do with the plot. And it's like, I mean, 20 to 30 minutes of a two-hour movie. So I guess it's an eighth or well, so. No, it's, a quarter. It's two different sets. Like, they, they go to the horse race. Right. And that's a whole thing. And then they go to the horse sale. Yeah. Right, right. Or whatever. And that's a whole thing. Yeah. And that's how we get introduced to um, Mr. Walken. Mr. Max mm-hmm. Zorin. Yeah. Well, before that, we get to see Bond checking out some chip facility in some winter place. Where where were they? Uh, I watched this by myself two nights ago, and I should have taken better notes about the locations. So the pre-title, where, where was that? I think it's a, some Soviet area or something. Because yeah. he's uh, Bond is trying to uncover the body of 003, who's, who, who got his hands on some... Um, Soviet microchip. Right. That sounds right. So how did we feel about the uh, cold open action scene, snowboarding for the first time? So it's, oh, this is just jump right into it. Yeah. And this is 20 years later, Jess and I were trying to not talk about it at work today, but one of the things I was thinking of how 20 years later in Casino Royale, they do all the parkouring in 85. It's uh, snowboarding. <laughs> Snowboarding was the original parkour. There you go. The most freaking ridiculous part of that. You know what I'm. You know what I'm going to say. Oh, I know what the, you're going to say. <laughs> the fucking Beach Boys. Oh man, yeah, that was wild. Over that. <laughs> Rob brought up a good point. Oh was was it a cover? Was it actually the Beach Boys? I don't actually know. I know it's their song, but it is not like it's. It's Cal- what which song was it even? It's not uh it's California Girls, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not even like one of the surfing ones and they never did a snowboard. It's California Girls. Like why the hell? And anyway, it's not the one that I'm used to. So I don't know if it's like some other album or some other release or whatever the hell or it's a cover specifically for this, but it's not the normal Beach Boys California Girls. That's interesting. I I it sounded like 
the original to me, but yeah, in passing. It's just like so wasn't paying funny. Too much attention. And it was all it was only really brief too. Like it wasn't in there for very long. Mm-hmm. And then it switched back. It was literally like a joke. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like a punchline. An audio joke. I uh I think I looked away to take a note and that song started playing. And I, I like I think visually I missed the fact that he was snowboarding, mm-hmm. but I knew that that's what happened because of the music. Oh, you, it's such a good shot. They they blow up the skidoo. He bails, and like the one ski lands right in front of him. And you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? And then he like even does yeah. a half pipe thing, and like oh takes God. out two guys, and then cue the music. My first notes here for the for the whole movie are skiing stunts. Beach boy snowboarding? Question mark. I already love it. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, 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 that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, you're, well, we were both saying this today, Adam. That, and like I said last night, it is too bad we weren't able to watch this together. Yeah, it I been think fun. like yeah, Sunday afternoon or something, a rainy day with a few drinks, much different than would have af- been very nice after midnight with your girlfriend asleep next to you in Poland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was just thinking, like, you had referred to this as like kind of a zany, you know, fun time bond. And it, it there was moments like that, like this Beach Boys moment that felt like that and some other ones. But in general, it didn't feel like it could hold a candle to Octopussy in that regard, you know? Man, someone is killed with a fake butterfly. <laughs> and like, Oh, yeah, 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 that was great. There's there's a That's car true. chase where the car turns into half a car and he uses a tire underwater to stay alive as his rebreather. And I, I kind of know what you mean though, Adam, because I feel like um, live and let die is my high watermark for, for bond and for like zany sure, bond. Yeah. And that was, was wacky in a different way. Like this one is, is wacky and the, there's, there's jokes. There's like um, little, Asides and uh, there's humor sprinkled throughout, but the overall tone of it didn't seem like a funny mm. movie it's, or like a comedy. It seemed to ta- kind of take itself seriously. It maybe a little. I like it because it's all heightened. It's crazy. The villain is crazy, and the hench person is crazy, and the stunts yeah, are crazy. It's not remotely grounded. But you're right. It's not. It's not like Octopussy. It's not completely mm-hmm. out of this world or Moonraker, where it's. I think that's why I like yeah. it so much. It's. It, and there's some I, groundedness. A little bit, but not really. I mean, it's the whole chase with the fire truck through San Francisco, oh my goodness. and yeah, he just drives it up to Buddy's lair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just trades the the drawbridge jump, and when he's oh man, when he's a hero pulling. I mean, we're busting through this whole movie right now but uh what was i gonna say it's like almost it's not quite breaking the fourth wall or being meta but when he reveals who he is to her and the whole world it's almost like everybody knows who james bond is like what Mm. the spy do you know you know how we talked about this in one of the movies a long time ago how yeah yeah he sort of has become well known like oh my god james bond's here (laughs) well and that was established in roger moore's era with man with a golden gun specifically too that's right yeah Mm mm-hmm He's famous. But yeah, I feel like the where Octopussy was zany and wacky, the, the kind of same kind of jokes in this one come across more like nifty or like, nifty. you know, <laughs> that's a good word. Like, oh, he's using the tire to to breathe underwater. That That's neat. Yeah, I actually kind of dig right. that. And the, the yeah. shot of them up through the water while he's looking. I don't know. I really dig that. No, there, I think there was actually 
in a way, there was actually some really good stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I think it's actually, there's some quality to it. In terms of Roger Moore's, it's actually, I would rank it pretty high among the Moore's for myself. Me too, my I friend. Think. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Me uh, too. Back to the, uh, <laughs> but the, I was actually going to say the, uh, the song, how out of place and weird it is, it's like the editor, um, sorry, the California Girls or whatever. Uh, it's like the, the whistle and the man with a golden gun when they jump the oh yeah 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 what what kind of what is that called again oh the slide whistle slide whistle thank you that's what california girls reminded me of except it was much much longer like how did the broccolis or the producers or whoever allow the guy in the edit room to actually keep that in there like i got a good idea let's throw this in because <laughs> i think it's like mm-hmm. the only like one other time in die another day when they had london calling playing there's never a popular song just playing mm-hmm. as score or whatever. Yeah, I thought about that actually quite a bit. Yeah. There's only those couple times. What else happened in the pre-title sequence? The So my first impression from that, um, like literally the opening scene, I'm like, man, I bet Roger Moore is skiing and in snow in more movies of his <laughs> than he's not. Like almost every movie he's skiing. Maybe he's an avid skier. Or his stunt double is anyway. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not in any of that pre Roger Moore himself until he's in the little camouflage boat thing, which was excellent. Yeah. That iceberg boat. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. The union Jack. Yeah. The union Jack hatch. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Oh my and, gosh. But yeah, whoever that was running up to it with the rifle in his hand, that is not Roger Moore. And the guy on the, hmm. obviously the guy on the ski isn't him several times throughout the movie where it was so obvious, especially in the car chase, like the wig was just flying. Whoever that stunt double was, it didn't look anything like him. It was really funny. Hmm. There was a good shot in the, uh, in that opening. There was a good scene in that opening shot where, uh, he fires a flare gun into a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah. 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 Did you notice Adam, since I, always go on about my love of the miniatures. There was one point where it was clearly a toy helicopter and it like bounced off the ground and kind of kept going before it blew up. I didn't notice. Didn't notice. Well, for next time. (laughs) (laughs) And same with the, uh, I think it was when it was pulling away, but maybe not. Uh, It looked like a miniature again. The, uh, that, uh, I almost said igloo. That's not the right word at all. Iceberg boat. It looked like it was in a little pool and as it was pulling away, like I thought for sure it was miniature, but then again, he jumped inside of it. So I don't know. <laughs> was it when he, I wrote down this line um, and I think it was maybe when they went into the boat, but he said something to the effect of like, be a good girl, automatic. And then the bed comes up. Oh yeah. Yeah. He says, put it, put it in automatic. Yeah. So that they can... Canoodle or autopilot or auto- automatic or whatever five days to alaska yeah. or something mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that was a pretty gross uh kiss. yeah bond's kind yeah. of a creep eh? yeah 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 basically yeah. especially roger He's... morris <laughs> like because <laughs> like there's never any preamble he doesn't flirt much like he i mean connery didn't either except connery is at least attractive and cool so it makes a bit more sense. Daniel Roger Craig is a saggy old man. So <laughs> yeah. Like the just presumption that she's going to be into this is a lot more weird with him, mm-hmm. but presumably they had already known each other and maybe had already used that bed. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, if I if I was in some weird uh, Union Jack iceberg sub, I you know, I'm, I'm not going to finish that thought. We, we would all canoodle in this situation. Yeah, well, especially if you can hit a button and a friggin' bed comes up. Do Q? Do you think Q mm. made that for him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why well, is that it, a right? feature in the first place? <laughs> Well, I mean, skip right to the end. We know Q's kind of a voyeur. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. He's all that, oh that old Bond. And that's not the only time he does that. Later on, remember in uh, The World Is Not Enough, he's using the satellite to like oh, try to find where Bond is. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, the heat map, exactly. They start warming up and there's another body. Yep. Not to talk mm-hmm. about the end too much, but is that funny little uh, uh, robot camera on wheels? Is that featured in anything else or is this the only time nope that's just because it was a funny little creature i think that got sent to mars actually yeah exactly (laughs) that's just hey we have it's the 80s let's do a robot and oh Mm. my god all that stuff so much 80s man so much like so much all like the cool 80s you know like the the cars and the the hairdos and the yeah everything and a computer like the tech like I love how the yeah oh yeah there's a whole thing about tech in in my brief little notes here but yeah, his whole well, like his like leather jacket that was halfway zipped up yeah yeah <laughs> that totally. whole like look that was great I'm surprised his arm his sleeves weren't rolled up <laughs> we uh that's oh that's the next ones those are the Timothy Dalton ones when they get into like drug trafficking late eighties uh, what do you call it Miami Vice style right right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah all those yeah. aesthetics it's, yeah. It was pretty great because for me, that's kind of like my heyday of action movies. At that point in time, I would have been five years old, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so all, all that stuff kind of speaks to my forgotten childhood. <laughs> I think you'd like the Dalton ones, except they take themselves kind of seriously, especially License to Kill. It's it's pretty serious, but it's totally, you know, cocaine and heroin, drug running action movie mm-hmm. yeah and this was very much yeah. just like action movie and, and like entertainment for the sake of entertainment it was i kind of liked that about it and it was really well done you know it's cool that these movies are uh have the budget because they obviously have a huge budget um, yeah to be have, practical <laughs> yeah they can they they can really have fun with it you know it's um yeah the stunts were big it was it's all very grand the the sets and the the scenery is is uh is larger than life kind of it's um it's a real big spectacle. Are you coming on to me, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still, I, I, I obviously hate Bond, but you know. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. You are so singing my tune right now. <laughs> on a related note, actually, I was just saying to Claudia earlier, uh, my partner, She, uh, the, I remember in the beginning, Rob was going on all the time about locations mm-hmm. and how it's so cool they shoot on location. And I was like, man, I do not give a fuck. <laughs> at all uh but today I but was you like, didn't know me oh. that well so you didn't say it quite of like course. that yeah yeah but no that was what i was saying now. in my head yeah. but 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 now i i was just like i was thinking about like the eiffel tower scene in this movie and stuff i was like man you know, that that's pretty cool that they yeah. do that on location yeah yeah and all those like shots and i went and i was showing claudia like oh look at this picture of the island from a uh, man with a golden gun and all this stuff yeah yeah man there's something to like, it and like go that's back to movies cool. before that where they would just paint that shit in the background well that's yeah that's the thing that's really neat you know like the, having the uh the ability to actually go to the places rather than to fake the places 
It's yeah. It's they cool. have a. Do either of you guys remember Jurassic Park? They uh, the the guy who ran it to me reminds me the guy the fictional character who ran Jurassic Park reminds me of Cubby Broccoli. Like we'll spare no expense. Whatever it is, whatever you need, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have this grand scale epic adventure and we're gonna yeah again spare no expense that's what this character in jurassic park constantly said and i feel like that's what this guy was out to make sorry did you just say cubby broccoli cubby broccoli what is what is that or who is that? that's his uh his nickname for some reason albert r broccoli his nickname was cubby and i I don't know that it was ever actually satisfyingly explained to me. It's in uh, like all the docs about it. They, they talk about like, that's just his nickname. That's what everybody called him. Cubby. C-U-B-B-Y. That's Bar- Barbara Broccoli's father who started with his partner, Eon Productions. Oh, okay. It's not like we go yeah. way back. That's just his nickname. <laughs> I feel like we do. You, you do. It's, it's safe to say. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are close. He's like a... Uh, He's an old Italian dude. He, he reminds me of when I watch, like when I see footage of him or watch documentaries about it, it's like uh, scenes from the Godfather. He's like always making uh, the whole cast and crew giant vats of pasta. <laughs> and uh, like he, you know, everybody comes over for the, um, not auditions, uh, rehearsals at his place. They're all hanging out by the pool, having drinks. It's, it's like, I don't know, the idyllic old Hollywood shit where it was kind of a community and they all had a lot of fun with it. He, and he was just a big, awesome, gracious host who wanted to make this awesome product. I'm sure he was flawed too. I'm a hundred percent sure. And there's, you know, he's an old rich dude, so I'm sure he screwed over some people, but he seems pretty cool. <laughs> and I mean, with a name like Cubby Broccoli, you've got, yeah, you've got exactly. a lot going for you mm-hmm. out the gate, right? Yeah. And now Babs, his daughter, uh, she's the one who found Babs Broccoli. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Babs Broccoli. Anyway, that's a whole other tangent. Why was I talking about mm-hmm. Cubby? Because he has a funny name. Something about location scouts or locations. Uh, yeah. He was yeah, yeah, very yeah. insistent on uh, on that. Like on like people might want to take, a lot of producers would want to take shortcuts. Like why would we go to Paris when we can just go to New York and, you know, spend a few bucks changing the streets a little bit and uh, we'll just pretend. And he's like, nah, we'll just fly out. We'll have a third unit go to Paris. Roger will go over for a couple of weeks and we'll get all the on location stuff done and we'll do the rest in the studio. So in that example of like the, they dine in the Eiffel tower restaurant and they have a chase yeah. like up the tower. Is right. that like very literally on location, like in the restaurant and on the, like you no. know, scaffolding of the tower. The whole uh, Papillon <laughs> restaurant scene with the butterflies. I'm certain that's in Pinewood. That's at the studio outside of London. It must be anyway. All the interiors, I'm pretty sure they just build all of those. Uh, but then, okay. yeah, when they're in the steps and outside of it, and they actually had the stunt double do the, bun- uh, not bungee jump, uh, parachute off the Eiffel Tower. Like, oh, that's real. And the chase through Paris, they did that. They had to shut down streets in Paris to do that. And the chase in San Francisco, that actually happened there. So they actually had someone parachute off the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Hmm. Obviously, like the finale there on top of the Golden Gate Bridge, that was, they built that set. There's no way they had those actors up there, obviously. But all the, like they obviously photographed it and had a blimp go over it and 
they probably drove over it. But like when they're actually up on one of those cables, that's that's probably at Pinewood yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, taken in the time or thought of in the time, maybe it didn't hold as much value as it does today. But to think that all those stunts are actual stunts and like somebody's actually doing that none of it's you know cgi or, or like trickery or whatever it's all it's all real um that's cool that's impressive and it's what makes yeah. the old movies to me like why adam i i talk about it so much especially in the early ones is that's what makes those old ones special it looks different because like inspire love me when they were in egypt nowadays if they are you can't even really tell like inspector when they went to rome it doesn't really matter that they're in rome because everything is so sleek and like dark mm -hmm. and 4k it doesn't everything could be cg and you wouldn't even fucking notice but back then you can really tell that they were really there and like when a stunt double goes flying 30 feet in the air with a big explosion behind them, you're like, holy fuck, did that guy die? Whereas now, like, you can almost see the wire. I mean, no, you can't see the wire, but I don't know. Everything, you just assume that it's fake now. Everything yeah. looks like a video game. Yeah, for sure. It's it's an interesting thing about old movies. Not to talk about different movies, but um, like Lawrence of Arabia, for example. Like, it's this huge, you know, production and to... Or I'm sure every James Bond movie. Um, Dude, if you want to talk Lawrence of Arabia, uh, we've got time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not well, get derailed here. I don't here. know how much time we actually have. <laughs> but just all that to say that, you know, um, it's grand and it's impressive and it's, uh, you know, it's impressive. It's good. I'm loving, I'm loving the location appreciation. Location uh, appreciation. You finally got through to people, Rob. I did, on our <laughs> second to last movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Has yeah. everybody up until this point just been hating on the locations or something? <laughs> no, they're often Fuck appreciated, but <laughs> same like same with uh, Adam's first take. Like, why do you care? Why does it matter? Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I guess it doesn't. It's just I don't know. It just makes it cooler. It just makes it slightly different than the rest of them. In a way, it's still like. If it looks good and feels good, then it's good, whether or not mm -hmm. it's actually on location. Yeah. But something like, I don't know, for me, like the Eiffel Tower just hit differently where it's like. Because you were just only there one. last week. I was just <laughs> there's there. There's that too. That <laughs> I was just there. I, there's only one tower. Like there's lots of mountains. There's lots of cool looking cities and stuff like that. This is the first one I remember. I mean, the Golden Gate Bridge, I guess, is big too. And there's probably been some that are like, you know very obviously one-of-a-kind iconic, but the Eiffel Tower's got to be the most... It's definitely know, up there. Well, in uh, Live and Let Die, when they're in New Orleans, New Orleans hasn't changed that much in the 70s, to be honest, especially the French Quarter. It's it's very... they It's like a heritage place. They keep it looking the same. And uh, that one hits me the same way the Eiffel Tower does. Like, they're clearly there. You can't fake that mm -hmm. shit. So it, yeah. if you've been to these places, especially, maybe that makes it more meaningful. And even if you haven't, I think it just, even though they're bonkers plots and uh, it's eccentric and crazy, that gives it a little bit more authenticity that they're actually there. It's mm -hmm. it, it makes it just more of a grand adventure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been to uh, Zoran's Blimp and it was, it was exactly <laughs> like that. It was, it, it's uh, incredible. Jesse. It's the real one, you know? Um, guys, just to just yes. real quick, can I, can I go pee? Can we pause this for a sec? Sure, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Adam and I can keep talking. I'll be right back. You should have saw us today, Adam. Like, you know how you and I, when we come back, uh, mm -hmm. when we do it remote and our guest hasn't returned yet, and we're like, all right, so how's it going? What'd you do today? Yeah. 
watching anything yeah. else lately just trying to not talk about the movie that was jesse and i for nine hours today that's really funny it, yeah and obviously we did a little bit but i think we've already covered most of it like he was so happy with the movie right from the get-go like, all right now we gotta not talk about it oh but the locations were super cool ah oh, never mind better not talk about it, <laughs> it yeah, yeah pretty funny uh, i'm sorry that you didn't enjoy it that much it's too bad i think this one on another view some uh, actually you know we joke about it but say we do a bi-weekly another run through one day i think you'll enjoy the rajis more with less pressure and less tired being less tired and stuff yeah i i I agree i think uh and i did like this one actually there were some moments where i was like man i'm really like tired and i could just be sleeping yeah and maybe i should have push this off till tomorrow and all this but i was like ah, oh, but it's nice i'm watching a bond movie that's, <laughs> uh, that's so that bad. that just melts my heart buddy <laughs> it's weirdly comforting it really uh, is yeah i still th- there was um we were hanging out with someone earlier and i claudia mentioned that i do a bond podcast and I couldn't bring myself to recommend to watch Bond because she, she was very against, like she was very adver- averse to it. And I was like, yeah, if you feel like that, I don't know, like, yeah. I, I can't I can't push it on you. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. So yeah. it's, uh, what, what was her opinion? She, I shouldn't really say much about it. If it's not her, although it, it wasn't your style either, really, this type mm-hmm. of movie, but yeah. <laughs> you can't advocate for someone to go through what you've gone through this year like not everybody can do that it's and it's not for everybody you know you you have a friend who's a really big fan or a partner or a father or a family member and you kind of get into it peripherally or whatever that's how it happens you well with no time to die being out uh i'm seeing a lot of talk about it again and it's clear so many people who hate on it a lot of the critics have clearly not watched it or like it's all hearsay crap like if you actually go through it so many of the cliche or stereotypes about it are just so unfounded <laughs> yeah there's like almost like um a whole other layer of like bond that is beyond it where people have this impression of it being a certain way or, or like what it kind of stands for for some things and yeah we've oh, yeah talked about that in a bunch of ways yeah we have and it's not um entirely inaccurate because there are some bond fans who in my opinion misunderstand it and mm-hmm. do lean into that we've talked about that how there are bond bros who like like the misogyny yeah. and they Ugh. like they like the clothes in a non-ironic way and not like with contempt like he wears it in casino royale like they i don't know it's like they take it too serious like they don't see the layers of irony throughout the whole thing. I don't like that element, and it's that element is how I feel like this, like society at large sees it, a portion anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you paint it with like a, a broad brush, that's kind of what is more obvious at first. But there's there's nuance, there's layers, and but and of course there is probably some of the negative stuff is there, and that's just like a complicated thing. Hundred percent, especially the old ones. Yeah. Yeah, especially. Yeah. I think the Craig did a lot of Craig era did a lot of correction and even the Brosnan they were trying to correct a lot of stuff. So. Everyone kinda did. Like the they were all updating mm-hmm. it very slowly. Jesse's back. Yeah. And we're back. We uh we filled that void pretty well. I don't think you're gonna have to edit much yeah. of that, huh? Yeah, no, I, I just I'll just let you guys talk for the rest of this. 
That's fine. We're, <laughs> no, we're, no. we're, we're used to it. <laughs> let, let, let's uh, let's uh, transition to the song and title sequence. Okay. okay. We talked about yeah, the yeah. pre-title. Meeting the you song. with a view. My dad had mentioned kid. that he loves that song. He's very nostalgic. Yeah. About were it. you familiar with this song, Adam? Because I uh, I didn't I I didn't recognize it. I I don't know, I don't know it. Previously, but I really liked the song. I think the song was one of the top Bond songs for me. Yeah, it's uh, on a lot of Bond fans' lists. A lot of like guys, Jess, like my your age, maybe a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my their dad's top. Age. Yeah, so it's a little top, bit older. S- certainly top five, top three Bond songs. Like this one, it was a huge radio hit. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was good. It was. It, it was. Yeah, decent. it was like top one on the Billboard or something. Yeah. 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 It's funny because I don't remember it. I don't remember it uh, being a thing back then. Of course, I was a child, so it's a bit of an outlier. Like there's, it's kind of like the Madonna song. Like it's a pop song of the '80s. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not at all. I like it a lot more. It's, and I like the lyrics better, and just everything about it I like better than that goddamn Madonna song. But that it's not amazing Madonna song. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's no like horns or strings and like a heavy punch or whatever. It's just like a rad song, I guess. I don't know. I thought the yeah. uh, like the dancing and everything was so okay. Is this is this a um, part of the formula is this part of the formula that like the, the women dancing with the um lights on them is that is that yeah oh yeah okay okay because 100 my my notes for this were a similar dance sequence to all the other ones except the colors were cool and very 80s <laughs> <laughs> solid solid note bro. yeah yeah i think that explains it yeah well. that's basically it yeah this wasn't a special uh title sequence it's a great song but it was just Although, like, uh, the, the chicks were a lot more, sorry, the ladies, whatever, were um, <laughs> a lot more in focus. There, there weren't as many silhouettes, eh? There was a lot of close-ups of their faces, and that's a bit more unusual. That's true. Normally, it's just, you know, for those mm-hmm. uh, listening at home, I'm doing funky little dances right now. There's normally just, like, the... Guys. <laughs> so, for Jesse listening at home as well, I'm doing a funky <laughs> yes, dance yeah. right now. Uh, I can see it. Normally, yeah, it's just like the black silhouette of people dancing in the background. This one had a lot of actual in focus for some reason. I don't know how they decide. There's there's been a few different uh, title sequence directors. Morris Binder was one of them, and I, I forget the other guys. They changed quite a bit in like the uh, Brosnan and Craig era. They do a lot more funky shit. Like with Goldeneye, mm-hmm. it was all the symbolism of the wall falling, all like the hammer and sickle came crashing down and statues mm. of Lenin and Stalin and all that. And, uh, Craig's got, it's all CG. And die another day had a montage of torture. Oh, that's right. It's really good plot development. Yeah. They actually have plot. This is a good time to bring up the, the title of this, a view to a kill. I was like, man, I wrote down, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> about that to today. Actually. <laughs> and I found on Wikipedia, it's based on the short story from a view to a kill. Yeah. It's the full name. And we get yeah. the, the roll credits line from Christopher Walken and Grace Jones. That's look at that view. And then he says to a kill. Or something. <laughs> did, did she say, look at that view or what a view? Something to like that. To a kill. Yeah. yeah, it, was yeah. The, it was the what a view. Yeah. That is pretty uh, like over the top shoehorned in there. Who, who oh authored gosh, the short yeah. story? What's the short story? It's a story with a short story. 
It's one of Ian Fleming's short stories. A lot of the movie titles and loosely some of the stories are based off his short stories. He he didn't only write James Bond novels. He wrote quite a few short stories. How many novels did this fellow write? Was he like the Louis L'Amour of, uh, you know, British spy novels or something? Kind of. He, not as many as he should have. He died kind of young. Uh, get on it there, Q. Oh, me? Yeah. How many books did he write? <laughs> I forgot. I'm Q now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> since the new Q, anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, what was I going to Including short stories? I, I don't even have a guess. I've read six or seven of them. It's fewer than you'd think. I think it was uh, Goldeneye was the first one that actually had... N- the title had nothing to do with the series. It's named after the estate that he lived on in Jamaica called Goldeneye. Mm where he wrote the novels with his golden typewriter. <laughs> he has 17 books oh, yeah, and it looks like five, six, seven, eight, nine short stories. Yeah. But there might be some overlap. Yeah. Cause one of the books was Octopussy and the living daylights. And those are two short stories. So, so are all the movies based off this dude's work mm, uh, or do they take on a life of their own at some point? Yeah. They sort of have after they, went through all of the plots of the big books. Oh, I guess if he only had 17 and then nine short stories. So it's, they kind of went back to the books with Craig and Brosnan. They kind of went away with it. They just, uh, they kept the character and tried to make it, you know, 21st century a little bit. And I don't know, this isn't about the Brosnan era. Um, I don't know how to answer that. The character is very much Fleming and, um, he based the character a little well one of the theories is it's his like his ego or whatever it's who he wanted to be was this james bond character he was a uh during the war he worked behind the scenes he was an mi5 operative analyst but he always would have preferred to be out in the field and uh for one reason or another, I forget what was physically wrong with him, but he, he didn't have the aptitude to actually be in the field, but I always kind of wished he was. Right. And he's a total old British snob. Like right. a, there's a lot of snobbery in these books and in the movies, like how he likes his drinks a certain way and the clothes and all of that shit. It's all, it's all his, <laughs> I don't know, insecurities That's, or whatever the hell you guys are seeing. Uh, okay. never mind. If you can't see Jesse, his bird was just right. Uh, showing it's, <laughs> Showing its tail feathers in the camera. Yeah. Oh, there's the other one. You're like a Bond villain with your bird. Sorry, I went off on a tangent about Ian Fleming. I could, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I was just reading the Wikipedia while you were talking about that, about um, like different authors have taken up the torch in writing Bond novels since he died. Yeah. So there's a bunch of post-Fleming Bond material. There's something for you, Rob. Yeah. I'm not, just like the, like I've never read any of the, I even call it fan fiction, whatever. Like the other Star Wars novels, I've never bothered. Like it's it's Fleming's thing. Although I watched the movies that he didn't write, so I don't know. I'm full of shit. Maybe I'm just lazy. <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> I've never read any of them. Mm-hmm. Do you see there where they got Quantum of Solace? Was that a short story, Adam? I think it was a short story, yeah. I'm not looking yeah. anymore, but I think it was. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, one of the ones they haven't done is Property of a Lady, which is a great title which a lot of people thought could have been Quantum of Solace because it was all about him. He had, uh, what's her name, Vesper's necklace and was trying to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, who killed her. Anyway, that's a whole whole tangent. Yeah, yeah. Let's, Sorry. So, a view to a kill. Yeah. <laughs> mm, well, you talked about the song. Uh, 
one of the notes I uh, took was how much they weaved the song into the score, like above average. I know that they do that a fair amount throughout the series, but this one, it happened a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I was not on my game in terms of noticing that. Yeah, I didn't notice it so much. No, like a lot of the romance moments and even some like post action, you would hear like uh, a string version of A View to a Kill. Interesting. I feel like that's hard for me to pick out if I've only heard the song once, yeah. which is most of the time. Like it was really easy in uh, Live and Let Die because. Man, they hammered that home. I mean, that song's just really obvious. They sure did, but, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. If you didn't notice anything, in per- there there wasn't much of the Bond theme either. I don't know. Did you have any comment on the score, Adam? No, I think there was the one. Okay, the one comment was I can't remember the exact scene, but maybe it was actually in the hot tub with the Russian spy. <laughs> he put on the music, and it was you the, tickled my Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Tchaikovsky. It was Romeo and Juliet theme, okay. which was uh, the love theme, or whatever that they use when Jaws first sees Brace's girl for the first time. Nice. Oh, that's right. Way. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Same nice. Musical cue, and it is Tchaikovsky. Yeah, you tickled my Tchaikovsky. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I actually almost teased <laughs> so that line for you in the intro. I, I thought to say, "Hey, look out for this hilarious line," and I forgot. There's a Twitter a Bond Twitter guy that I follow that's called You Tickled My Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds about yeah. right. So is the Money Penny actress different all the time? This was her last one, and she was the main one uh, until this point. So she had done however many that is, 13, 14 films. Oh, wow. Okay, so when I watched mm-hmm. the first five, I think they kind of jumped all around in, as far as uh, decades and stuff. So yeah, because... Yeah, maybe I they they were different because there isn't a money penny in Casino and Quantum, and then Tomorrow Sam- Never Dies was a different one. Yeah, Samantha Bond. Samantha Bond. Yeah, and the one in Dalton's Lady. What's her name? She's really good, and she only does his two, which is too bad. I really liked her. I forget her. I, forget oh, I don't her. remember, but she was good. Yeah, and then what's her? Goldfinger uh, has Lois Maxwell. Lois and- Maxwell. Yeah. She's in it for Live and Let Die too. And so the exactly, lady, yeah. the lady that was in this one, she'd been in seven. She'd been in several. So all of them. yeah, every single one until like this Up was her this last point. one, and then it was a right. new. That's so why, that's why she looked she's rather aged. Also ancient, yeah, mm-hmm. not ancient, but it matches aged. Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that you know, seventy-year-old, fifty-five-year-old man. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they sure aged different back then, eh? That was a, that was a hard time. <laughs> I guess all those cigarettes and uh, cocktails and mm-hmm. all that rough living, um, <laughs> all that you know, high society British decadence. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, he. I think it was a autobiography, or maybe somebody interviewed him or something. There, there's a. He had written some stuff about his workout regimen and just lifestyle through the production of Live and Let Die, and. You think of what Daniel Craig has to go through to keep maintain that friggin' body that he has, and how he's just a machine. And <laughs> uh, Roger Moore would talk about waking up and having his like scrambled eggs and his cigar and doing like twenty five, twenty five uh, leg ups or something like that, like shitty squats. That was basically <laughs> his workout. Then I would go out for my walk. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Very very different. Uh, standards back then Mm -hmm. i blame it on marvel (laughs) 
<laughs> Whether that's fair or not, I blame it on Marvel. <laughs> you blame a lot of stuff on Marvel. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's what's wrong with the world these days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Marvel somehow caused housing prices to go up, probably. <laughs> you know, I, I think, give me a minute, I could probably argue that. <laughs> I don't doubt it. No, me neither. Do you guys have something you can talk about for two minutes while I go refill my drink? Um, a micro comparator? There you go. That's just something I've written down here. Micro comparator? A microchip? Question mark, exclamation, question mark. A micro comparator? Exclamation mark, exclamation. I barely know her. <laughs> um, actually, hold on a sec. I'll, I'll be right back to you. Let's, let's take a brief pause. Are you cool? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll be right back. You guys, you guys, talk again, but not too much without me. Where's she going now? Who knows? Do you guys have a good day at work? Hmm? I hope that you keep all of this, including this. Yeah, we had a good day at work. We shoveled a lot. <laughs> what did you shovel? Uh, we we moved dirt from one place and put it into another, as per Crazy. usual. No, uh, we made a couple pathways, and did some mulching and whatnot. Been a lot of slate work last this last week heavy heavy stuff but yeah jesse was in a very very good mood today it was very funny nice happy to hear it man i went for a run today in this small mountain town in poland that i'm in Mm -hmm. and it was very beautiful because it's like autumn here now like it's chilled Mm -hmm. and there's just like mountains everywhere and like a river and leaves Yeah, the leaves are coming down here, but it, no way it's that beautiful. Europe just hits different, man. Yeah. It's all, like, it depends, though. Like, if you're from Europe, then Nova Scotia hits different. If you're from anywhere that's not Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia hits different. I suppose you're probably right. Like, oh, what a quaint little seaside town with all the <laughs> those buildings. And no one ever leaves the... Uh, man, I gotta take better notes. Yeah, I didn't take very good notes. I just mean I had good points, but I don't know what I'm saying. You know how Heather and I um, have a, a bowl where we keep our movie suggestions? Mm-hmm. So the other night we had a few drinks and we were... Actually, I don't even know if we had... We clearly had a few drinks when we put these names or the, the movies in the hat. We pulled one out and neither of us could read it. it. It wasn't a coherent word. And the only way we figured out what it was, it, Heather had written it down. And uh, it was a like stick figure of a sad face with one ear. So we're like, oh, the Van Gogh movie. It was really funny. That's my notes are reminding me of that right now. Yeah. No one ever leaves the KGB. I love that line. I wrote um, for for the villains. I wrote Chris to fur walk and <sighs> all yeah. spaced out. Obviously, we got to talk about him plenty. Yeah. But there's a bunch of stuff at the stables. Man, this is a yeah. It's one of my favorites. I think I don't even rank it high enough. I'm never bored. I love this. Sorry. Well, are you going to keep this shit? You can keep this shit. I love this fucking movie. I can keep all this. Don't worry. Okay, good. I also, the first thing I wrote, yeah, of all my notes was the bad, bad, like worse than usual ADR. Did you notice that? Especially in Paris. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The, uh, The guy who he met in the restaurant, the Eiffel Tower, like... He must have just sounded terrible or something because they dubbed all of his lines and they were even inside. That's pretty unusual. And I noticed. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Yeah, it was a little distracting. But then, I don't know, stuff like that you just get used to. Yeah, true. I don't know. And normally I am used to it, but it stood out for me. For sure. 
Tibbet. What did you think of Tibbet? How you know how there's often a Bond helper who always yeah. you know, often meets his demise. That was a pretty funny character, and how much they leaned into him being his valet or whatever. Valet, yeah. They call it valet in Britain for some reason. They don't. Oh, do they? Oh yeah. It's in Downton Abbey and in this. Uh, you know when they do the you know one of my favorite scenes. What was what was one of my favorite scenes, Adam? I always call this one out. Oh, the hotel room inspection. Sweet. Yes, exactly. So when they were doing their sweep, and that it then goes to the people who are uh, listening, like who are eavesdropping on the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, someone's going up to uh, however many million, and then what's uh, Sinjin Smythe saying? It's like, oh, nothing about the horses, but I'd sure hate to be his valet. Mm-hmm. So at that point, he said valet too. And yeah, in Downton Abbey. Uh, Interesting. What's the guy's name? Mr. Bates. He's uh he's the valet too. I don't know. It's like they have so much disdain yeah. for the French, they refuse to pronounce it valet. <laughs> That's a good a good theory. Yeah. No, but I liked I liked that guy. He was pretty cool. He was a little silly. Uh, he's a little silly, yeah. Or like under yeah. I don't but know. But his uh his death, I honestly going into a car wash, I'm nervous. I've seen this movie so many times that when I go into it, I hear the music because it gets really intense and then how it kind of just flashes off and on and then you see the person behind. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty spooky. Very spooky, kind of like a horror movie. Did you like that, Jesse, now that you're back? Homemade biscuits. <laughs> you would go get biscuits. <laughs> oh, man. What a guy. Homemade biscuits and stew. It's a, it's a good one tonight. That sounds nice. delicious. What were you guys talking about? Uh, when Tibbet got murdered in the car wash. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. I did have a note about that. Kind of like a weird horror movie scene. <laughs> One note that I have here is uh, Tibbet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny that you uh, said that because I was just saying how I like Tibbet so much. Oops. <laughs> or maybe he does suck, but his that whole storyline brings me joy. <laughs> he's, he's kind of like... Um... Like, I feel like sometimes there's, like, the helper character, and sometimes there's, like, the kind of comic relief-esque character. He's kind of both. Yeah, he's a bit of a fool. Like, you mm-hmm. got your, like, Mathis and Karim Bay from uh, from Russia with Love, like a legit awesome helper guy who, like, when they die, it's super tragic and sad. And then you've got this kind mm-hmm. of guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not quite a J.W. Pepper or something, but he's... Uh... <laughs> no, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. But then later we have another guy, uh, Wade who is I never I always forget this that he's this guy dies he's playing the same character as the CIA helper in Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies did you notice that Adam No who are you talking about The guy who he meets in the market in San Francisco Oh that guy was cool Yeah the CIA agent He was like Chuck Lear or something like that right he Jack Wade, Wade right No I don't think so Well we're going to have to do a little research here and find out Yeah But he yeah he died in the same way in a car wash? Mm, no. He, he died uh, in a Bronco. Yeah, but, you know, some asshole hiding out in the, in the car. car. Yeah. <clears throat> David Yip as Chuck Lee, a CIA agent who assists Bond in Chuck Sutton Lee. in San Francisco. Uh, why the hell did I hear Jack Wade? I'm, I don't know. Forget it. Yeah. Similar character, though, to Wade. Yes. I remember Wade from the other movies. Yeah. Tour Never Dies and stuff. Yeah. All right. I'm happier that I'm wrong on that one. To go back to... Um, mm-hmm. Was it Tibbet? Was Tibbet the driver guy? The valet yes. driver, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the valet. That's right, yeah. Um, 
Was that a Rolls Royce? Was that that car? It was very fancy. It sure was, buddy. Okay. Beauty car. Everything was very British in the beginning of this. It sure was. Especially the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) (laughs) And Christopher Walken, the American, German, Russian villain. (laughs) Should we just talk about him now? What did you guys think of him? No, I want to save that. You want to save that <laughs> for hour number three. I don't want to talk about like one of the best villains of all time and then go back to, oh, we forgot to talk about the gadgets. I just want to mention his glasses and the ring camera and Zorn's computer, but eh, it doesn't matter if you don't want to talk about the gadgets. That's fine. The gadgets were kind of cool. <laughs> Before we get into that, I just want to mention <laughs> all the funny hats that they wore at the ha- at the uh, horse race. Yeah, the top hat convention. Okay, but before we get into that, mm-hmm. I just want to mention the horseback chase was very cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I had that in my notes for uh, stunts and action scenes. It was a mm-hmm. that his uh, whatever his button can do a lot of things, and it looked like it was just one button for all those things. Of course. Moving all the sets around. It was very impressive. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And like we we have car, boat, and plane all the time. And train, you know. Yep, no and train this was, in this one. Uh, horse. Yeah. We haven't had horse before. Yeah, we, we had a little bit of horse in uh, the living daylights in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. But you're right. It's, it's a lot more rare than boats and trains and automobiles and planes. And skis. And skis. Yes. Horse is more rare for sure. We even get mm-hmm. good old-fashioned foot race a lot more often than we do horse. Craig is running all the time. Yes. He's a very runny bond. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk uh, Mayday and Scarpine before, or maybe just Mayday. We don't need to talk Scarpine. Well, how does she rank for your uh, hench people, Adam? She's cool. She's kind of like... Um... Was it from Thunderball, that woman? Yeah, Fiona Volpe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She does a lot of the handiwork, is on, like out killing people, doing the stuff. Yeah, a little bit of uh, Zinya on a top from Goldeneye, except she turns mm-hmm. good. She does. She seemed a little superhuman at times. Well, she was. She, uh, yeah. She was one of those babies that was experimented on by the KGB. Right. Mm-hmm. So last night, to, um, you know, full disclosure, uh, when I was watching this, I was falling asleep and I may or may not have drifted out at some key points, but was Qu- Christopher Watkins and not to jump back to him again, but was his character, he was some sort of like genetically engineered guy. He was uh, a baby of a pregnant woman who was fucked with, right, Adam? Or was that just Mayday? They, it seemed like they'd had theories about how he was related to the KGB Nazi science steroid stuff, but it yeah. wasn't. It didn't seem particularly clear. Yeah, and he never bench pressed a human being like she did. <laughs> so yeah, his main thing was they had the uh, info that they were strong and psychotic, and Christopher Walken was mostly psychotic and smart or something. Even though he never really yeah. displayed that. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, uh, Grace Jones and Roger Moore didn't really get along. And by that, I mean, Grace Jones didn't get along with Roger Moore. Roger Moore was like, I don't really know what the big deal is. We're just having fun here, making a movie. And she took it a lot more serious. And, uh, I guess she didn't have a very good time on this movie. She was actually asked to come back for a cameo for no time to die and turned it down. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
Which character yeah. did she play? Who is Grace Jones? That That's Mayday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's pretty cool, and she turns good. That doesn't often happen with a hench person. Happens sometimes, like Jaws. Yeah, that was a nice nice betrayal scene kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. yeah, man. All right, now we can talk Chris Walken and he how he goes fully fucking ballistic at the end. Just murders all of his people, including her. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing. Um, I made a note of it. What do we say? <laughs> Uzi madness. Yeah. <laughs> he just started shooting everybody with an Uzi because mm. that was a very stylish gun oh, in 1985. Very 80s. Yeah, yeah. And just laughing like a psycho the whole time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a quick note about him, too, before we get too into his character, is that David Bowie was the plan to play oh, that's, him. Oh, that's right. I oh, forgot wow. about that. And he accepted the role, but then later decided against it, saying, quote, I didn't want to spend five months watching my stunt double fall off cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And then they offered the role to Sting, who turned it down. That's so funny. So this was potentially Bowie and Sting, and then it was Chris. Well, Walken. they stumbled onto the right decision. Yeah. I'm curious as to what Christopher Walken's uh, recording career looked like before this. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like they really wanted a recording artist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of his uh, villain table, villain lair, Adam, since we've seen so many of these? I only vaguely remember it. It was in a oh, blimp, right? Too, but you didn't know it was a blimp at first. So we've that's seen right. like, you know, in Goldfinger. Until the, the ramp, the stairs become yeah, yeah, exactly. an eject person. That was pretty sweet. Like we saw in The Spy Who Loved Me when they take off, uh, they send a guy out and... Uh, he falls into the shark tank and in Goldfinger, mm-hmm. they take a guy out and he gets crushed in the car. Like we've seen this happen a bunch of times and this guy, Oh, what's going to happen to him? And he falls out of a fucking blimp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was pretty, pretty sick actually. Yeah. It was so easy to know without knowing the formula. It was so easy to know that when that guy didn't accept uh Walken's offer um, and he was like, yeah, Oh, go have a drink with uh, the uh, yeah. hench person character mayday he, yeah. he was done for yeah 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 r.i.p i i just liked the uh they've done this scene before where the villain is explaining to a bunch of cronies his big evil plan but like throws all the chips on the table the table caves in and the big set comes up it was a big nod to a bunch of the old movies so i mm-hmm Listeners and Adam would know how much I love that shit. It was straight out of Goldfinger and uh, a lot of the movies. And he's just, he's such a fucking maniac with such outrageous requests. And unlike in Goldfinger, Goldfinger, he uh, asks for all this money, except in Goldfinger, it was $1 million each. In this one, it's $100 million each. It's insane. (laughs) Raising the stakes. Yeah. And 50% of all of your profits in the future. (laughs) Just crazy. But then we don't see those guys ever again. No, they're just investors, man. <laughs> I guess. But in Goldfinger, they went through. Silent partners. Yeah. He explains the whole thing and then kills them. But in this one, we just assume he took their $100 million and maybe actually let them keep 50% of their earnings. Who knows? So you guys would say that this film follows the formula? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I like about it. In It's kind of a solid movie in terms of Bond formula that way. Yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why I'm saying I think I like it even more than I realized. It's It hits all the points, mm-hmm. and it's, inner, it's never dull. Mm-hmm. It's not in way over its head, and it's not trying to do anything very new. 
like a lot of the ones that I used to like are ones that try to fuck with the formula and try to do something really neat. This one's just doing everything that works and doing it pretty well, mm-hmm. in- including this awesome villain. <laughs> yeah. I The only thing with him I found, maybe it's because I was watching it like late at night pretty quietly, but I felt like he could have been played up a bit more or... Was, did, oh, wow. did I just have the volume too low? I'd say you had the volume low and you were a little tired <laughs> and quiet. Because if, if he went any so. more extreme, it would have been even, I don't know, even more silly. Like he's almost at Dr. Evil level, Austin Powers, like <laughs> with his maniacal laugh. And when he said $100 million, that's straight out of, like they lifted that in Austin Powers, which I know, Adam, mm-hmm. we got to watch one day, but <laughs> pretty maniacal. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I should watch this movie again, like at a brighter time of day perhaps i yeah for sure i really like that this villain we've watched a bunch of crags lately and even in the brosnan era the villains have some kind of connection to bond this guy when they meet at the stables he doesn't know who he is at all like that they're completely unaffiliated and that was refreshing like who is this guy Mm -hmm. until they they meet in his office and he does his little computer trick and finds out Mm -hmm. that he's a secret agent like there's no score to settle. It's just they're two dudes squaring off. It's not like there's this huge backstory. That was really refreshing having watched so many recently where there's some kind of personal score or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's like we just watched um Spectre where it's like, oh, like Blofeld is actually my stepbrother. Bum bum bum. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> and Skyfall, Silva was an agent. Die another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had he had that history with Moon because he you know almost yeah. killed him. The world is not enough. Was the lady who was friends with M, and yeah, there's a bunch of and them. Golden and Goldeneye was Trevelyan. Trevelyan, yeah, a former agent and his mm-hmm. former lover, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to to quick tangent on that, I saw the actor who plays New Young Q mentioned how cool it would be if uh, the new Bond actor was a gay Bond. Oh yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Considering your headcanon of uh, Bond being bisexual. Yeah, I would. If he had a male lover or whatever, yeah, as long as it's good. I just had this big mm-hmm. argument, you know, how journalists being fucking journalists and trying to provocate a fucking get a fight going. They're just yeah. asking everybody if, if Bond should be a woman next. Not could she be or uh, could Bond be, but should Bond be, which drives me crazy. Bond could be a woman, yeah. could be gay, could whatever. Like as long as that somebody has a good story and a good idea, they should do it. If they're doing it because it should be, because it's time to be, that's the business that I don't like. Could Bond could be anything as long as it's good mm-hmm. and makes sense. Like, don't just do it because it's time to do whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And whatever. I'm I'm open-minded. Yeah. As I hinted at in my solo excursion, I kind of want Bond to die in no time to yeah. die. I just want it to be done. Like, this is a good peak. 25 movies is a hell of a run. Don't Star Wars this shit. Don't Marvel it. Fucking, yeah. I would rather see them quality over quantity. Well, especially if this one gets the reviews that it seems to be getting it seems like there's a there's a bit of money to be made just yet fucking money yeah that's the problem i guess yeah they'll keep milking that cow till the teats are raw yeah it's too bad till the martinis run dry it truly did ruin star wars for me like i am totally it i loved it like i had affection for star wars once upon a time and i watched them all last winter and it's gone 
Like it, it's totally ruined. It's so watered down. It's flat. <laughs> like, yeah, I really don't want the ha- that to happen to Bond. But anyway, that's a conversation for another podcast. Um, I have a few more notes. Go on. So one, this this kind of circles back, but and I don't know what I was referencing, but why are the horses so mad? Why are the horses so mad? <laughs> is this a philosophy question? Or? Yeah, I mean, this is aside from the movie. This is just a note I have in my daily journal <laughs> from last month. Yeah, dear diary. <laughs> why? Why are the horses, why so, are the mad? horses so mad? Um, to talk about technology really quickly and the way it's represented in this movie. Uh, with a lot of lights and buttons and things that were the style at the time. I have technology as a guy smoking next to three reel to reels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how you know that's yeah. how you know that those guys have a cutting edge view into what's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cutting edge yeah. view to a kill. Oh, he did it. Uh, we often talk about how the, these movies take place just like a few months in the future of when they can't come out. It's in movies like this. It's really funny because they're so fucking dated, like how proud yeah, they are, yeah. how proud Christopher Walken is of, of his computer and how silly it looks now. Like we get this with a lot of Q mm-hmm. scenes with his gadgets and how proud he is. But by today's standards, it's just like, yeah, that's, that's really so dated. well, <laughs> we had the Q scene of, Hey, look, I can make a projection of this microchip that we have. And look, I can make a projection of this other microchip and look, I can overlay those two projections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're yeah. the same. <laughs> exactly. The micro comparator. <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah, I, I barely. Did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I want to see if Adam, you're, you're quite critical to see if you picked up on this. Uh, and I can't take credit. This is Roger Ebert. Like the, the late great Roger Ebert, one of the best film critics ever, pointed this out when it came out. What's the big uh, hole in Max Zorin's plot? Do you know what his plot was in this one? He's going to flood Silicon Valley so he can have most of the monopoly on microchips, right? What's the problem with that plot? James Bond. (laughs) So Silicon Valley... Is where microchips are created? Used. No, used. Yes, they, don't, yeah. they don't make them. Silicon Valley doesn't make chips. They use them to develop they technologies and yeah. things. They, that's mm-hmm. your, he's murdering all of his clients. His clients. Like, yeah, like take out whatever factory in China is building the chips, not your mm-hmm. clients. It's like, I don't know. What's a comparison? Uh, I can't even think of one. Mm. I should have had one before I made this joke. But <laughs> the... <laughs> He's not actually taking out the competitors. He's taking out his client base. The clients, yeah. Or his customers. It's like if you were making kayaks and then so you (laughs) wanted to like dry up a lake. Right. (laughs) Right. We'll show them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Roger Ebert said that in, in his critique when he saw, he's like, this plot makes no sense. Why would he take out his only, like his main customer base? Anyway, I think that's actually kind of what makes it so fucking good. Even the plot doesn't mm-hmm. really make much sense. <laughs> but really, though, right? Like, the plot is secondary in all these things. It's Of course. Yeah, as we've said repeatedly. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk... What I don't even know her name. The, Which one? Stacy Sutton? Yeah. She was the geologist. She was kind of like a better Dr. Jones. Yeah, kind of. She's pretty cool. And I, I like the little... When they come to assassinate her the action scene and the they keep trying to save the ashes and then they get busted anyway 
That's a fun little action mm-hmm. scene. That's all. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was pretty good. She, uh, I, I don't really have much to say about her, but Ex- okay. except for who can get kidnapped or like napped period from a blimp like she would have had to walk right up to it to get scooped up out of that oh blimp. wow at the, at the end you mean <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i like that they uh just prior to that they, sh- they show it and it's really high in the sky yeah it's like look out <laughs> and then in the next scene oh it's like it's ground level and he's picking her up yeah exactly out the oh, window man. do you love uh max's demise though come on like one of my favorite moments in this whole franchise is when he's holding on and then loses his grip and he just kind of laughs. He's like, Oh fuck. I lost. And then let's go. <laughs> like he's that fucking crazy that he actually thinks it's mm. funny. He's like, Oh, aha. <laughs> and then let's go. Did you guys uh, catch and Rob, maybe you, maybe you know this already, but did yeah. you guys catch what the, um, the crazy old scientist man said in that moment? Because, I just watched that like an hour or two ago, and he, so he's he's hanging on and he's losing his grip. He starts laughing, or maybe it was just before he, he starts he laughing. Just, but the he guy, just yells the, the his scientist, name. oh, is that what it was? Yeah, he goes okay. Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he laughs mm. and falls. It's I think it's my favorite villain death. I I love mm. Silva's when he's just ugh, like he's so mad that he lost and then yeah. falls over and dies. But this one, he he doesn't look at all annoyed. He's just like, "Well, you got me. <laughs> Let's go." <laughs> That's I uh, again. I was watching it late at night. I fell asleep at the last like ten minutes of this movie. Oh no! <laughs> and then I I woke up uh, probably like fifteen minutes later and was like, "Oh fuck! I gotta watch. I gotta rewatch the end of that movie." <laughs> And then I watched the last 10 minutes and was like, what did I, I don't, did I miss this? I don't remember. <laughs> oh man, and Adam, you do have was, to rewatch this movie. I know, I know, I know. I was going to rewatch the ending today, but I, I, I didn't get to it. I think we still got a good podcast out of this. I'm pretty happy with it, but yeah, yeah. it's too bad that we missed the window to watch this together. I think it would have been a little bit, the yeah. watching it part would have been fun. This conversation has been a lot of fun, but the watching it would have mm-hmm. been fun or more fun. Yeah. We can just do a reunion episode when I'm back in the country. There you yeah, go. Rewatch. Next year. Yeah. Yeah. That would actually be uh, an interesting way to do another season would be like like rewatch in a different random order with like maybe the same guests or something. <laughs> I can think of a few guests who would want to do different movies. Poor Michael and Diamonds Are Forever. For sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for season two, you, you, you guys have to do... Uh, Adam and I have to take Rob through Twin Peaks. That's a that's a podcast. That's I a mean, whole other podcast. I'm really writing myself yeah. into the story right now, but but I think it's a solid pitch. I li- I like this plan. Let's do that. Some kind of mountain climbing adventure rather than a cruise that we've been on. <laughs> okay, it's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you uh, yeah, pitch it. I was saying this to Jesse today. We were talking about what the future of this is. It would have to be one of us would have to be inspired and have a new like the angle on this season or this run was me like taking an unseasoned guy or whatever through all these movies. And that's a good one. That's Oh, totally. That's a good one. I uh, just on the outside looking in, um, I can definitely say that Adam seems to have a ridiculous knowledge base about James Bond right now. 
just in this one episode, in this one conversation, you know, I, yeah. I agree. You're it's referencing crazy. so many things I don't understand. You're saying them with confidence <laughs> and, you know, security. And, I, and that's, that's yeah. been mentioned by a few guests in the last five or six episodes. Yeah. 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 What a so, big, I, it would be crazy even for me to listen to the first few episodes now and be like, man, I knew nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some caterpillar to a butterfly. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, it would have to be, one of us would have to be like, Hey, you interested? Here's this idea. And neither of us want that right now. So, mm-hmm. but we've got a few ideas going forward. We got to do no time to die. We're definitely going to do some rankings as we said in the mm-hmm. intro. So yeah, a couple more things I'd like to do. I, for one, am very much looking forward to whatever comes from this and oh, for your, right. your next ventures in the podcasting world. Well, Jesse, you, you have been a hell of a guest. <laughs> long, long, yes. long time coming, man. We're glad you finally did it. Yeah. Thanks for I coming. Don't know. It all felt a little rushed. I, I, I really wish we had of, um, we had of, done it the proper way and and you know been in the mm-hmm. same room and uh, experienced it together and press somebody had to move to poland together. and but, you know, yeah uh, i know uh, sometimes you just gotta move someone to poland, had to go to poland that old <laughs> chestnut but yeah um, as happens but sometimes. no it's been fun I, i'm i'm really happy to uh to know you guys and know like the outside story behind all these stories that your listeners have been listening to um it's fun to be a part of it and it's it's been fun to watch it grow over the past how long has it been is it like 10 months eight months something like that march probably like since march yeah yeah eight eight ish right before we started working again jess so right yeah Yeah. listeners jesse has been there through uh you know the listener bump when the downloads picked up and the post games and all of that shit. And he's like, ah, that's interesting. You fools. <laughs> In a way, I feel like Jesse's been on the voyage with us, you know, I have. Yeah, a little bit. There. We just got to get Angus on. I've been part next. of your personal voyages through mm-hmm. the lens of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <sighs> thanks Jess. Yeah. Let's very glad you were finally <laughs> is here. That, is that how it ends? That's the, yeah, that's the me falling off the uh, golden gate bridge. Exactly. <laughs> The Bon Voyage never ends, man. Man, uh, you know, Bon Voyage will always return. Mm-hmm. Did you did you uh, watch to the end of the credits when it said James Bond will return? No. I Jess? didn't either, no. no. No? Okay. Well, at the end of every James Bond movie, that's it always says that. It used to, back in the day, say James Bond will return in A View to a Kill because they would actually know what the next movie is since the Brosnan era. They never know when the next movie is going to come up because that's just the nature of today's world. But it still always says James Bond will return. Unless, hopefully, at the end of No Time to Die, maybe Bond is finally dead. James Bond will not return. (laughs) Do do I actually mean that? Oh, my God. Uh, That just gave me, like, anxiety a little bit that I said that out loud. (laughs) On that note, you can tweet and send all your shameful comments to rob <laughs> at 007 bond voyage on instagram and twitter and 007 bond voyage at gmail.com yeah lucky we're not more famous and i'm just getting all kinds of shit for that rob wants james bond dead <laughs> yeah like some tweet that's like no true fan would want bond to die <laughs> yeah exactly fraud all right guys well, it's been a pleasure yeah, it's has. been great. I have a few more points that maybe we can talk off camera if if, if we're ending, but uh, 
It's okay. been it's been really nice to be part of this. Such as <laughs> uh, that tire thing underwater. That wouldn't work, right? I, I mean, that wouldn't work. It, it seems like a good idea, but it obviously that couldn't possibly work. Like, I think it could work. We were talking about this last night. Heather was there too. Uh, I feel like short term, like you'd have to press the little the little button on the inside of the to the give valve. you like just a little shot of life, you know, like mm-hmm. a little bit of oxygen, oxygen for a little bit. It might, I don't know if you were suffocating, but like surely it would poison you or blow your lungs up at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's like, right. Yeah. What, what is in compressed air? Like what is the formula? It's not pure oxygen. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. I thought it was cool though. I thought that was like a, a, a cool yeah. little. We're totally keeping this in. Idea. Just, you know. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Oh no no no! Well, this is off camera. No no, um, it's not. When they were no, in the mine, no, the the the, uh, the girl was able to find a sexy miner's outfit. Oh yeah, that was that was interesting. They they have those on that hand funny, constantly yeah. in uh, the Bond universe. You know, wherever well, you're doing. It looked like she had kind of um, quickly modified it because like the belt was a little loose or something. So you know she had. Yeah, the yeah. belt was a little loose, but it was form fitted everywhere else. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, while, sorry, you mentioned the mine and I didn't say this earlier, how fucking annoyed Max was that he's like, is that Bond? He's still alive? Fuck! Kill him! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I hate that guy. God, he's so annoying. How many times do I got to kill this guy? It's kind of like in Skyfall when Silva yes. says Bond again and he's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like when when Bond goes through the ice and Skyfall, and yeah. Silva just like, puts oh. his hands in the air. Oh, God, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they were raising the bridge and the the fire truck does the jump, and then all the cop yeah. cars drive up, and then it's mayhem, and they're like, "Oh no, the bridge is raising." <laughs> Why didn't the guy just stop raising the bridge? He was right maybe there. It's, maybe it's you're committed. Maybe it's like an on-off <laughs> switch. It has to go all the way up first. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but <laughs> I don't know. It seems, know. A, little, seems a little. Right silly. in, kids. To explain this to Jesse. Yeah, Keep yeah. Going, all, light- all you bridge conductors out there. Lightning round. Lightning round. I love it. The uh, at the very end, Bond says to the lady when when she's underneath the bridge or underneath the. Um, the support for the bridge. Are you still there? And she goes, Oh, you betcha. And that, that was cool. <laughs> God damn it. The second last episode, and we don't even have a guest for no time to die. We came up with a new segment, the lightning round of just bonkers <laughs> shit that the guest comes up with. I, I have one quick one also yeah. that I remembered is when they're in the kind of factory underneath the horse sale area mm-hmm. and they have the they have like a fight that's very looney tunes and they like <laughs> package the henchmen he's in tied like, up yeah like acme boxes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah great one i mean why are the horses mad that's that's a good question why why, why are you so mad, mad? <laughs> yeah all right this is uh just my last point and uh this is this is a good thing to go out on but um donair and poutine Ultimate Canadiana? Question mark. James Bond. <laughs> so we'll see you next time for No Time to Die. Oh, shit. I can't wait. I can't even I can't imagine. Wait. Eight days. Until then, eight days. Oh, my God. Yeah. Until then, everybody, bon voyage. 
Bon voyage. Bon voyage.